Hello and welcome to the Being Well podcast. My name is Forrest Hansen and I am here today joined by Dr. Rick Hansen. How are you doing, Dad? Hi, Forrest. It's always funny to hear you refer to me as Dr. Vic. <laughs> I'll try to get used to it. It's not how we normally talk to each other around the dinner table. That's fair enough. So today we're going to be talking mostly about the strength of compassion, focusing on the theme, as it's kind of broken out in the Foundations of Wellbeing program, of being for yourself. To kind of set that up, in the overall structure of your work, why do you want to start people with compassion? Well, that's a great question. Um, the great wisdom traditions of the world and lots and lots of individuals start with suffering. Where does it hurt? You walk into the doctor, mm -hmm. where does it hurt? And so there's something very poignant and human here that uh, we start with feeling stressed, worried, tired. It's not the whole of our life. It's not gloom and doom, but it's a really important part of our life. Uh, what feels torn in a relationship? What calls for mending? Uh, what are you still carrying around with you into adulthood that's left over from childhood, but you're mm -hmm. still lugging it around like a like an invisible stone you carry every day? So... It's really important to recognize difficulty, strain, irritation, stress, suffering in the broadest sense. And then what do we do with it? Do we just stare at it indifferently? Do we jump up and down, yippee, suffering? No. We want to <laughs> We want to feel for the difficulty in yeah. other people or in ourselves. We mm -hmm. want to have empathy for it. That makes us humans, not ants. And the essence of that response that's um, a sensitivity to suffering, broadly defined, and a movement to help if you can, that is the essence of compassion. So in our own journey of well-being, if you're going to start somewhere, start with compassion. Mm -hmm. And then inside of that, under the general heading of compassion, it's this fundamental position that you're on your own side. Mm -hmm. And it sounds trivial, perhaps. And yet, I'm a longtime therapist, you know, lived a full life in many ways. And what I see again and again and again is that people are not on their own side. They're not for themselves. They're kind of indifferent to their own difficulties. They don't take them seriously. They let themselves be pushed around. They let themselves be pushed around by their internal reactions to things. They are moved to take action to help other people feel happier um, to succeed more in life. But very often it's really hard for them to sustain effort for, on their own behalf. Think about how people are inside their own minds with themselves. Yeah. How do they talk to themselves? How do you talk to yourself? Both you, Forrest, but people listening. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have talked to myself in very harsh, cold, dismissive ways. We tend to internalize and do to ourselves psychologically what has been done to us. So if we grew up in a home, let's say, with criticism or the dismissal of our needs or even a kind of shaming of vulnerability or neediness or wants, uh, or if we, you know, have peers in school or we go through life and coaches, teachers, or later in adulthood, bosses, it's really hard not to, as they say, internalize those oppressors in ways large and small. And so if you really ask yourself, how do you talk to yourself inside your own mind? A lot of people will realize that they're mean. They're not friendly toward themselves. They're, and there's this middle place between uh, being mean and hard on yourself or enabling yourself to be a jerk. There's this middle place where you're warm and supportive, like you would be with a friend. 
you might tell your friend where mm-hmm. your friend is screwing up and creating a mountain out of a molehill, but it wouldn't be done in a way that was mean. It would be done in a way that built up rather than tore down. Okay. And for me, that's the essence yeah. of being on your own side. Yeah, so you're you're fundamentally being self-supportive. Mm-hmm. You are being reasonable, but you're doing what you can to be caring towards yourself. These are all very, very important things. Just kind of thinking about this in terms of the broader structure of what we're trying to do here, how does being for yourself help promote well-being in general, resilience in particular? Um, why do I become more more steady in the face of life's various problems if I have this mentality of being for myself versus one where I don't? Because sure, you have some cases with people who are relentlessly not for themselves. They're extremely negative towards themselves. And obviously that's a problem. But I think that most people who are kind of towards the middle of the distribution, if you want to sort of think about it that way, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not, quote unquote, for themselves, but they don't have the most negative self-talk that anyone's ever had. Um, For those people, Mm -hmm. how would moving in that more positive direction help support them just in the flow of their everyday life? It reminds me of times that I've been in the wilderness and I got lost or I was Mm -hmm. in a real pickle, done a lot of rock climbing, as you know, and been out in the mountains a lot. And there's that moment where the situation sucks. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Tapping into that kind of primal place inside where you're just going to do the best you can to survive and find a soft landing, find a safe landing. And that feeling of determination and being for yourself is very fundamental for any kind of coping. And if you want to be happy, you have to cope. you got to deal with real life. Mm-hmm. So that kind of muscular sense of being for yourself drives the coping that is a necessary condition for any kind of reliable happiness, in your phrase, yeah. any kind of sustainable happiness. The other mm-hmm. thing is that there's a lot of research that shows that the sort of muttering commentary in the back of the mind, what people kind of ruminate on or the feeling in the back of the mind of irritability or uneasiness or kind of a wistful hurt or background feelings of inadequacy that may well be covered over, that background, I call it the wallpaper of the mind, really affects your well-being mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. It tears down mood, makes people more anxious and depressive than they really deserve to be. So replacing that, using the kind of tools that we're going to be talking about in this podcast, replacing that feeling with an attitude or emotion that has more of a sense of encouraging enthusiasm about who you are. Yeah, you have warts. Yeah, you got to keep working. Yeah, I see this for myself. I'm still a work in progress. But there's a sense of seeing the good, celebrating even. And when you start having that more of that sense about yourself and toward yourself in the back of your mind, that definitely very directly supports your well-being. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That's sort of the the wallpaper of the conversation. That's the context for everything. How do we get better at being for ourselves? Kind of put very, very simply. Um, mm-hmm. It's great to think about things kind of in the abstract, but in the flow of daily life, I know that certainly for me, um, if I have an experience of having made a, a specific mistake, mm-hmm. my brain is is pretty quick to leap into action with then feeling bad about making that mistake or thinking that I'm dumb for making that mistake. What can I do to interrupt that process or get more in the habit is maybe a better way to put it 
of being on my own side. I'm pausing for a moment for us because I want to communicate, if it's worth it, that there's something very profound and existential about this moment or matter of being for yourself. Uh, there's a pretty well-known saying uh, from Rabbi Hillel uh, many, many centuries ago in which he said uh, or wrote, uh, if, you're not, if I'm not for myself, who will be? And if not now, when? And it's my observation as someone who's 65 right now, who's had a long career in psychology and human potential, starting um, in my late teens. And when I step back and look at my, my own life, and also when I look at the lives of many other people, I see a lot of drifting. It's kind of the, you know, the mopey middle where it's okay. And on any given day, it's pleasant enough and you don't want to change it. And yet, if you look back, you can see that uh, maybe starting five years ago or 10 years ago or one year ago, it would have been so good if uh, a part of you had sort of turned on the jets on your own behalf. And if that would have been true then, one year ago or five or 10 years ago, Think how it's still true today, that feeling of rather than sort of drifting down the comfortable river of life, uh, turning on the engine and putting your hand on the tiller. So you start directing your boat. I mean, that's a very fundamental matter. It's like you go outside um, and look up at the stars and you just kind of ask yourself, all right, this is the life I've got in this body. Mm -hmm. What in the world do I want to make of it? Mm -hmm. And if I really was here to help myself, have it be pragmatically and morally as good a life as possible, not being selfish, taking others into account, how would I be toward myself about that? It's a very deep matter, actually. Yeah, and it's good to have that kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better way of putting it, like more existential sort of personal crisis cosmic, you know, that was that, the word you know, cosmic, sure, like a cosmic moment yeah. where you're like oh my god what is what's not, going not on even in cosmic. my life no it's ordinary it sure 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 yeah but that's and that's what i'm trying to say is that i, I think mm -hmm. that um many people do have that moment and that's an important moment to have i think that most well maybe not most people many people know that they should do something different. Mm -hmm. But they have a hard time doing it anyways. Mm -hmm. like, and, and we've had yeah. ad nauseum conversations And if you're not for that. yourself, you won't do anything different. Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. So that's why, it's, that's why it's so important. But for me, I know that I should have been more diligent or consistent or confident or whatever. Mm -hmm. for, I've known this for years and years and years and years. But it has nonetheless been an ongoing process of actually being that way, right? Mm. So once someone yeah. has had that moment of of existential dread, for lack of a better way of putting Not it, dread, <laughs> well, like you know, the blessed opportunity, sure, the blessed like human life. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll frame it in a much more positive way. The blessed opportunity of your one human life, you know, really <laughs> grabbing the reins. Um, so once they've had that moment of crisis slash opportunity depending on your framing i guess depending on if you're a pessimist or an optimist um like what's the next step yeah. what's and, and what's yeah. and more importantly what's the step to be consistent about it yeah because anyone i think can 
I think we've all, if you've had any sure. involvement with like self-help processes, mm. you go through phases. Yeah. You go through the phase where you're Me really too. good about it and you mm. go through the phase where you're really bad about yeah. it. So how do you move towards having more phases where you're really good about it is mm. maybe the best way yeah. to put it. I think being for yourself is essentially turning on the ignition in the car. Mm-hmm. No ignition. If you haven't turned it on, I don't care. I mean, you're not going anywhere. Sure. But once you turn on the ignition, now you're for yourself. The engine's mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. All right, now I'm for mm-hmm. myself. You still have to put it in drive and direct your car down the road of life. Uh, being for yourself is a necessary condition for a lifetime of well-being and healing and growth, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not a sufficient condition. You still have okay. to do other things. So to your point. Um, so, and, and I also want to emphasize this matter of being on your own side. It's a daily matter. Like, I'm on your side, Forrest, mm-hmm. and I know, schmaltzy moment alert, that you are on my side. I know that, mm-hmm. and I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be on your side and for you, and it's a daily matter. It's an everyday matter, and that's there's the opportunity for us to be that way with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, some ways to access it is the way I, we did it right here, which is actually, for many people, a lot easier it's a lot easier to access the felt sense, the feeling in the body of being for another person. Mm-hmm. So that's where I typically start with people. I say, you know, call up a memory or just bring to mind someone in your life right now you you feel loyal to. Mm-hmm. You're for them. Maybe they annoy you. Maybe they, whatever, you, you don't want to spend every waking minute of your life with them. I'm not thinking of you, Forrest. I'm not thinking of you. But, but still, you're for them. Uh, you 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 would stand up if you were called upon. Uh, so know what that feels like. Bring to mind a time in the past, or know what it's like in the present. And then, as with so many of the methods we use, once you get that experience going, stay with it. Get to know it for a breath or two or three. Know what it feels like in your body to be for someone, to be a friend to someone, to be an advocate for them, an ally to them. What does that feel like? And explore the body sensations of it. Maybe there's some emotions in it. Maybe there's a typical posture, like I'm sitting up straighter as I talk about this right now. I'm leaning forward more. My chest is coming up. The head's coming up. Like, yeah, I'm for it. What's that feel like? What are the thoughts that go along with that? The attitude, like seeing the good in the person, recognizing injustice. So much of being on your own side is about recognizing injustice or mistreatment uh, that's come at you or simply bad luck that's come at you in the same way that we would have that attitude toward another person who was being pushed around or had been dealt a tough hand uh, in the card game of life. And so if you know it, so first of all, know what it feels like for another person. Really uh, get a strong sense of it. And then in the second step, Think about applying that toward yourself. Maybe you see yourself outside of you, kind of over there in a chair or across the room or across a valley, or or maybe you just feel it inside yourself. And then you ask yourself, wow, what would it be like to have the same position or stance for another person and have it for me? Take some moments with that. Very often people are startled because they realize, I don't normally do that. I don't do that very much. Um, and so what would it be like? And then even imagine tough situations, situations like a really nasty, messy relationship, or imagine something that you're trying to help yourself do 
if you're trying to help yourself be more consistent, or if you're trying to help yourself exercise more, or not be argumentative in ways that are not going anywhere or dumb with someone, or maybe you want to help yourself drink less or anything, eat fewer desserts. Um, what would it be like if you were for yourself with regard to that particular thing? How would you act? How would you be different? And um, you imagine that in your mind. And then a great third step you could do is to see yourself acting differently or facing a challenge in some way or acting the way you want to act. See yourself doing that while also imagining how you would be for yourself in that process, mm -hmm. the, the feeling of that. So in your brain, literally, you're starting to associate uh, how you're trying to be with regard to something in the future, along with the feeling of being on your own side, of being an ally and helper and friend to yourself. I think that's a great process to go through. To do a little recap as we get towards the end of the episode, um, being on your own side is an important part of compassion, particularly it's an important part of self-compassion, because if you're not on your own side, for starters, who will be, uh, to the point of the quote that you gave earlier, and then also because it's really hard to motivate yourself towards any kind of lasting self-improvement if you don't care about how you feel. And so we you have said to, it. Yeah, exactly. So we have to we have to get the engine on the car running before we drive it anywhere. Meaningful. I'm going to interview you next time. <laughs> okay. So we'll, yeah, we'll we'll work on the format. No jokes aside. Um, I, and so we're starting there. Then in kind of the second act, we talked about that kind of aha moment that everyone has, or that anyone who really wants to make real progress in terms of their personal development has, where they look up at the sky and they say, "Wait, what the heck am I doing here?" Or just frankly stare mm -hmm. at their granola. Sure. At breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Or any. Or, and and it's it's an everyday matter. Too. Yeah. It's not a it's not a one time fix that's yes. permanent. Yeah. It's definitely that recurring process of accepting that the work is ongoing and there are is no quick fix here and it's something that we engage with in a process. It's kind of like I'm going to do the best I can today mm -hmm. to help my life be a good one and. As part of helping do the best you can today, it means you're going to take a break. You're going to goof off. You're going to slack a little bit. It's okay. But on the whole, I'm going to do the best I can today to help my life be as good as it can be. And then I'm going to go to bed, know that I did that, and wake up the next morning and do it again.